Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 30th of July. The Australian Defence Force has been called in as the COVID crisis spirals out of control across Greater Sydney. Despite five weeks of lockdown, infection numbers are continuing to increase. Yesterday, 239 new COVID cases were recorded, with more than 80 of those infectious while in the community. The New South Wales Premier yesterday announced tough new restrictions, including shutting down businesses not adhering to COVID safe practices. New mask rules and fines will be enforced and 5k limits will also apply for key hotspot suburbs across Sydney's west and southwest. Here is Gladys Berejiklian. When you have so many cases uh, lurking in the community, especially concentrated in those eight local government areas, but also when you have critical workers going into communities, you have to accept the risk is everywhere. And that's why all of us have to be vigilant no matter where we live. We can't cut corners no matter where we live. We have to abide by the health orders that are under that we uh, are under. Hundreds of Defence Force personnel will now be called in to help enforce COVID compliance across Greater Sydney. Training is set to get underway this weekend with 300 boots on the ground from Monday. Infectious diseases expert Dr Norman Swan has told the project, until we have more people vaccinated, the only way to stabilise the COVID numbers in Sydney is for all residents to adhere to the rules. That's the bet they're taking, I'm sure, which is escalate vaccination very, very quickly and we hope that the contact tracing holds the fort. But it's it's precarious. It's on a knife edge and it could slip out of control. The unfolding crisis in New South Wales will be top of the agenda as National Cabinet meets today. The PM, state and territory leaders are also set to look at new modelling from the Doherty Institute, which will analyse vaccination rates and how Australia can safely reopen. Meantime, the mask mandate across southeast Queensland will remain in place for at least another week. Health officials are monitoring dozens of backpackers in Brisbane after a traveller tested positive after his hotel quarantine stay. Genomic sequencing has shown the man contracted the less contagious alpha variant on a flight into the country. And another golden run for the Aussies at the Tokyo Olympics, including Jess Fox again making history. The world champ took out the canoe slalom final, the first time the event has ever been included in the Games. He is Jess on Channel 7. I'll be reliving this moment and re-watching those videos because it was just so special. And we'll have a full wrap of the Games coming up shortly in sport. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we begin in Victoria. And whilst the state is now out of its fifth lockdown, health authorities are still on alert. Yesterday, part of an apartment complex in Hawthorne was locked down and all residents told they'd be quarantining for 14 days after a COVID-positive case. Our reporter James Lake in Melbourne says the government is taking a cautious approach. Certainly is cautious, Tash. Authorities trying hard to give back some freedoms but not put our health at risk at the same time. Yesterday was just day two out of lockdown and we had six new COVID cases reported in Melbourne. They've also managed to find a link with that mystery infection in a traffic controller. It's now tied back to the previous outbreak. There's an alert as well today for people living in Camberwell after COVID wastewater detections in the area 
The health department's hopeful it is from someone who's no longer infectious, but locals have been told to come forward for testing if they have even the mildest of symptoms. To New South Wales now, and it's feared sensitive information may have been compromised during a cyber security attack on the New South Wales Department of Education, including contact details. The attack happened as teachers were preparing for a return to online learning in July, causing chaos before the start of Term 3. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has the details from Sydney. Taj, the department says it has been working with Cybersecurity New South Wales and forensic specialists in response to this incident. While investigations are ongoing, it is feared some sensitive information, including contact details, were compromised. That's despite various internal systems, including emails being deactivated in an effort to prevent student and staff data being accessed. The department is now carrying out a forensic analysis to assess the risk, promising to communicate any further information as it comes to hand. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. We know lots of things have changed with the COVID landscape, including the red-hot real estate market. Yeah, it sure has. I mean, there's been a shift for a little while going to houses over units. And people are now willing to pay a huge premium to get their house with a picket fence. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, the space required to work from home, the sense of security in the, in the sense that you're not in a high-density apartment. But that's causing a big gap between the price of a house versus a unit. And Canberra currently has the biggest housing unit price gap of the capital city markets. And to put it in perspective, the medium value of a house in Canberra is $877,000 compared to a unit which is sitting just over a tad $501,000. Now, that's a massive 74.8% gap. And it's that drive. The pandemic is actually changing that drive for, for houses over unit. Sydney's actually seen its own record high. Houses and units have a gap of 54%. So before COVID hit, the difference between a house and price unit was around $237,000. Now in Sydney, it's blown out to over 430,000. Now in Brizzy, the gap's almost 320,000. Um, now nationally, over the past 16 months, capital city house values have risen 14.2%. Units, only 5.6%. Now look, either way, it's not good news for first-home buyers looking to buy a home over unit. But at the end of the day, Tash, it's going to come down to supply and demand. The premium price attached to homes will naturally force some people back to units because it does come down to an affordability issue. And no doubt the mortgage repayments will be much lower on a unit as will the entry costs. Yeah, very tough at the moment in the real estate market. And also talking about lockdowns and working from home, that's seen many household bills if he goes through the roof, including energy bills. And now there's new information that disconnection is at its highest level since the end of March last year. What protections are in place? Yeah, look, the Australian Energy Regulator points out that the number of retailers performing disconnection is now at the highest levels, as you said, at the end of March last year. It actually peaked on the 28th of June, 1,000 disconnections for that week. But look, it has taken a dive, uh, Tasha, a sharp one. Um, and it's important to put this in perspective. Unfortunately, these numbers aren't the highest. Disconnections were actually higher pre-pandemic. In fact, in the 12 months prior to COVID, 75,000 customers had been disconnected from their electricity or gas. Now, Victoria's not included in that because it's under a separate system. Now, look, Choice, uh, the Consumer Advocacy Group, has raised concerns over these numbers. 
I suspect the downward trend of these numbers will continue, though, because the Australian Energy Regulator has developed what's called a standby statement of expectations. And it applies that in areas that are in extended stay-at-home orders due to COVID. You can go on your website, on their website, and see which areas get that exemption. It has um, been enforced since the 1st of July. Now, in general, providers cannot disconnect you without your agreement. So that's interesting, who, you know, how they reach that agreement. <laughs> and they can't defer you to a debt collecting agency. So you've got some reprieve there. Look, I think for, for most of us, we've still got a good month of winter ahead of us. So it really does pay to have a look at your energy bills. You want to look at what rate are you paying per kilowatt hour, your supply charges, what discounts could be applicable to you, and any hidden fees. And as a guy, Tash, if you're living in Sydney, about 24 cents per kilowatt is good. Melbourne, 20 cents per kilowatt hour. Brisbane's about 20 as well. And Adelaide, 32 cents. So maybe compare that and see, are you paying more? If so, then look at switching. Great tips as always. Thanks, Effie. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett teammates turned rivals as Emma McKeon and Kate Campbell face off in the 100 metre freestyle final. Yes, good morning, Tash. Just before midday Eastern time, all eyes on lanes three and four. We've got the two gold hats, Emma McKeon, Kate Campbell, as you mentioned. Emma setting the fastest time in qualifying. Kate Campbell is the former world champion and our flag bearer as well. With all of the attention on Ariane Titmus, former Olympic champ Libby Trickett says that McKeon has flown a little bit under the radar. She is just a, just a rock of the Australian team and she's so consistent for so many years. She already has a gold in the relays and two bronze as well. So to win gold in this event, of course, Kate Campbell uh, aiming for her uh, first gold medal in the 100 freestyle final would be a phenomenal effort for either swimmer. Uh, the athletics kick off today. Patrick Tiernan is in the 10,000 metre final. Last night, the Hockey Roos beat New Zealand 1-0, their fourth win in a row. Coming again, Tolka! Yes, Emily Tolka intervenes! Right when Australia desperately needed a goal. Thanks to Channel 7, that's our best ever start to an Olympics. The Matildas play their quarterfinal against Great Britain tonight and the Opals back in action as well. The games of the destruction we all need at the moment, Brett, so good. Now, also talking about NRL, the Eels season is in freefall after another very disappointing loss, this time to the Roosters. Yeah, 28 to, to nil last night in wow. Mackay. It's their third loss in four games. They're now uh, in danger of dropping out of the top four. They're level on points with the Roosters. They're just struggling to score at the moment. Mitchell Moses should help. He's expected back against the Bunnies next week. They lost two players to injury last night. Regan Campbell-Gillard came off with a groin issue. Uh, Wunga Blake copped a head knock and failed his HIA. The Roosters, though, as we know, have had plenty of uh, injuries to worry about as well, and that made the, w- uh, the win even sweeter for their coach, Trent Robinson. Pretty clear on how we want to play and reforming accommodations and new players sort of in. So, you know, we're, we're confident in our style of play and now it's about executing it. We've got a double header tonight at Suncorp Stadium. First up, it's the Tigers against the Warriors before the Broncos host the Cowboys. And the AFL ban on boxing, Brett, hasn't gone down well with a premiership coach at the Bulldogs. No, the gloves are staying on at the Bulldogs' task. The AFL has banned boxing sparring so they can still use pads and, and bags but to not jump in the ring uh, against each other, even if they wear protective headgear. This, of course, after uh, Hawks forward Mitch Lewis was concussed at training and missed three matches. Uh, Bulldogs coach Luke Beveridge says the reaction is over the top. 
the AFL should never be in the business of telling clubs how they can train and how they can't train. Just because one club gets it wrong from a risk management point of view doesn't mean that every other club becomes vulnerable. Tonight, it's the Blues against the Saints. Charlie Kurnow back for Carlton Tashi's first game since round 15, 2019. Had a lot of knee injuries and multiple surgeries, so we wish him all the best. Yeah, indeed. Big weekend. Yet again, ahead with sport. Brett, take care. And here's a Friday fun story for you. Tasmania has been named as the second best place in the world to ride out an apocalypse. Researchers look at population density, ability to control borders and climate. Our neighbours across the ditch, New Zealand took out the top spot. (laughs) And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Happy Friday. Stay safe, have a lovely weekend, and we'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.